Hey everybody, and thank you for listening to Talking With Tones Too, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. Episode 10, a top 10 favorite movies list. Now, when I say top 10 favorite movies list, I really mean top 15. So, in parentheses, I'm going to add a bonus 5. After all, how could somebody just pick 10 movies out of all the awesomeness movies that are out there, you know what I'm saying? So, let's start with number one. Number one has got to be Star Wars, for many reasons. Star Wars has actually helped develop a whole slew of ways to make movies. They pushed the envelope. Industrial Light and Magic has gone above and beyond for the entertainment industry. They've created ways how to make movie. They created CG. They did a whole bunch of different stuff with the making of Star Wars that it really revolutionized and changed the way movies are being made. That definitely has got to be number one. Now, if I were to place in order some of the Star Wars movies, I'm not going to get into all of them. For me, Empire Strikes Back is going to be number one because it was the best one. Amazing. Directed amazing. It just seems like they had all the special effects and everything down pat. The story was amazing. Everything was really cool. So Empire Strikes Back for me is number one. Then I would put A New Hope, even though that's where it all began. And that's where all of this revolutionizing and pushing the envelope, game-changing stuff came from with the Industrial Light of Magic. Then, of course, we got Return of the Jedi. Got to include that one. And Revenge of the Sith has got to be up there. I guess I would pick Force Awakens next if you had a gun to my head. But those newer movies, some of those other ones, eh, I don't know. But I think it's getting a little trivial. I don't want to get into every single movie, even though I'm a Star Wars buff head geek. So the next movie I would pick on my top 10 movies list is going to be The Godfather. So The Godfather was revolutionary as well. That one is made by Mario Puzo and Francis Ford Coppola. So Francis Ford Coppola changed the game in that one. Not sure if you guys saw the TV show, but it gives you a lot of insight on the making of The Godfather and how they had to deal with the mafia and stuff like that. So that movie was tough to get made, the show. It's called The Offer. It's on Paramount+. Plus. It explains a lot of the stuff that they went through to get that movie made, which wasn't easy. The way they depicted Italian-Americans, the way they depicted Italians in that time, a lot of Italians did not want that movie to get made. They didn't want it to misconstrue or whatever, but it ended up really, really doing well that movie, we all know the rest is history. I mean, you got that cast in there. You got Al Pacino. You got Marlon Brando, Talia Shire, Robert Duvall, James Caan. You got so many names in there. What an amazing cast. You know, De Niro, of course. Andy Garcia, John Cazal, of course. Fredo. All of that cast was amazing. At the time, it was a revolutionary, groundbreaking hit. It was one of those movies that was like three hours long and people thought they were crazy with that. I actually think that makes the movie even more awesome. So it's really cool because it shows some Italian heritage in there i really i like the beginning with the wedding and stuff and it has some italian music in there and i really dig that and you got that vibe where you know it's like a domino effect with the other heads of the families and stuff where one thing leads to another and stuff like that so for me it's just one of those movies where there's a lot of cause and effect and a lot of mafia stuff going on and it's super ridiculously interesting never gets old to me no matter how many times i watch it i never get sick of it same thing with all these movies i know the lines i don't even know how many times i couldn't put a number on it but godfather is definitely up there with that amazing cast hard to say one or two is better one for me is always gonna have a little edge because it's the first one and it's where it's basically setting everything up because it's where it all began it's the setup it's the beginning it's you know fresh and everything so number one to me was great not gonna say it was better because two was amazing have robert de niro i feel like that is where they actually started to get into the prequel. It was really different at the time because I don't think any movie really delved that deep into the background of the history to make like a prequel type movie, but it was cool. 
cool because you had both. You had current day and you also had, you know, before what made Vito Corleone, Vito Corleone, and then how he became his little family and his empire. So really cool movie. That one will never get old. My number three on my top 10 movie list is going to be The Matrix. The Matrix for me was definitely a groundbreaking one. I really enjoyed that one. It was really good. I remember being in the movie theater watching The Matrix and it was one of those moments where I was just like, mind equals blown. You know what I'm saying? So like when I heard about people being batteries and they were just, you know, tricking their mind into working so that it distributed energy to these machines kind of thing. I was just like, well, that's not something I've ever heard before. That's super original. It was super sci-fi, really cool. And I was like, holy crap, what if we're in the Matrix and we're plugged into a bunch of machines and shit? To me, it was just like revolutionary. The effects in there too were, you know, pushing the envelope where they did that 360 dramatization and the... And like spinning around and stuff. Like no other movie really ever had did anything like that. So that absolutely helped. The movie itself was amazing. Of course, I'm going to say the number one because that's where it all started. They were all pretty good. I did like the action adventure, of course. The cast was pretty cool. Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss. How do you go wrong with that? I felt like it was ahead of its time. Now it seems a little old when you watch it, but it is an older movie. A lot of the story was really great. Really interesting. I really enjoyed it. To me, it had a lot of mind equals blown moments. As the movie kept going, it was kind of hard to keep up with exactly what was going on. So it's pretty cool because it gives you some rewatchability and stuff like that. But I definitely liked the movie. Not sure if I loved how the whole thing ended. I really liked how Neo became the one and stuff like that. It felt like a really cool live action anime. And I am a big fan of classic anime. The Matrix definitely awesome one up there. I'm not putting the movies in order on my list. I'm just saying the whole story as where it should belong on my list. For example, number four is Lord of the Rings. And how do you choose your favorite one out of that? Fellowship of the Ring has got to be pretty awesome because it gets that crew together and it starts the whole beginning of it. So, you know, that's a pretty cool one. They're all pretty good. Part two is really awesome. The Two Towers. Part three is really awesome. Return of the King. Hard to pick, but definitely Lord of the Rings is up there. Peter Jackson did a super amazing job with that. J.R.R. Tolkien, of course. His amazing classic legendary story really brought to life on the big screen and really just don't think it could have been done any better. It was pretty much the definitive Lord of the Rings movie. You know, the Hobbit ones came out later on and those were pretty cool and pretty awesome, but not close to Lord of the Rings to me. The characters were pretty cool. The actors were pretty cool. Really enjoyed Sean Austin and the click in there. Frodo Baggins, um, Elijah Woods, and the other dudes. They were all pretty awesome and pretty cool. And of course, Aragon, Gimli, and Orlando Bloom. Not sure who plays Gimli. I know that guy is actually from the Indiana Jones movie Raiders of the Lost Ark. So Lord of the Rings up there, number four. Number five, Saving Private Ryan. Now, Saving Private Ryan... Of course, directed by Steven Spielberg. Really, really amazing movie. You got some great cast in there. Tom Hanks, Tom Sizemore, Matt Damon, Ed Burns is in there. Giovanni Ribisi, too. Got a whole bunch of people in there. Even Vin Diesel's in there. I can watch that a million times. Never get sick of it. The effects in there, it just feels real. The way they did it, really awesome, really cool. Really awesome movie. Love the cast. Love the movie. Depiction of World War II, especially that D-Day beginning I'm not sure if any movie has made me feel that way in the beginning of any movie. But that, to me, it stays in my memory, the beginning of that movie, because it really feels like D-Day and how it would have happened. Mad Legendary, Mad Real, nice job directing by Steven Spielberg. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Tom Hanks, you are the man. No matter what Tom Hanks in, is an amazing movie. We have Scarface, Al Pacino. Say hello to my little friend. How could you not love that one? To me, that was a groundbreaking one. 
you know, when I was a kid watching that one, showing, you know, like the him coming on top and being a drug dealer and all that, that was like a new and different thing to me. And it was just really cool and really amazing. I love the acting in there. How do you beat that cast in Scarface? You got Al Pacino, of course, Steve Bauer, Mary Elizabeth, Master Antonio, Michelle Pfeiffer, Brian De Palma directed that one. Really good flick. A lot of iconic classic moments. Long movie. How do you replace that iconic figure of Scarface? Love watching that from beginning to end. Another one of my favorite, favorite, favorite picks. I want to talk also about the Aliens movie. Now, for me, Aliens, the second one, is the best one. James Cameron produced that one. Really, really good. Got that military feel. Got that sci-fi feel in there. You know, with the spaceships and all that. Of course, you got the horror and you got the aliens. Really, really love that movie. I would say the Alien movie, which is the first one, and then the Aliens movie, which is the second one, is the two worth mentioning. Not to say the other ones were terrible. They weren't that great compared to Alien and Aliens. Aliens is the best one to me, but definitely wanted to mention that Aliens saga. Of course, you got Sigourney Weaver. Ridley Scott did the first one. James Cameron did the second one. Amazing movie. That's my fave. Classic, classic, classic. Great story. A lot of action. One I, I will never get sick of watching. Really, really awesome movie. Even the ending, like the way the alien gets Lance Henriksen at the end. I love the grunts, the military feeling where they're going through and coming off as all tough and stuff. And then they go against these aliens. Everybody's making fun of Sigourney and they're going against these aliens. And it's like, game over, man. Rest in peace, Bill Paxton. Love that guy. Michael Bain. That's a big part of why I love the movie so much. Just cool cast. Sigourney, of course. Um, and then you got Lance Henriksen, you know, really classic, amazing, legendary actor there. Just a great story, great movie. James Cameron put that one together with only four alien costumes so he made four feel like maybe a horde of aliens that's the beauty of a great producer and the beauty of making movies so james cameron big up on that one nice job with aliens number eight is actually an anime i know i talk about anime here and there but akira is definitely on my list to me the number one anime of all time katsuhiro otomo 1988 japanese adult animated cyberpunk action film way 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 ahead of its time now, I still think movies today try to work off of Akira, and they still don't get it right. But that particular movie, the way they did that, amazing from beginning to end. The story definitely moved along. It was directed by Katsuhiro Otomo and produced by Ryohei Suzuki and Shunzu Kato. I hope I'm saying those names right because these guys made a spectacle. Talk about a movie that's ahead of its time. This was a cartoon, man. And this anime was... One of the best animes I've ever seen. Definitely want to work on making y'all a top 10 anime list. I had to include Akira in my top 10 movie list. Ghost in the Shell, honorable mention there. Because that one is really good too. But I had to throw Akira in there. Gotta say, if you haven't seen that one, you lost. Okay, so Akira. And then after that, number 9, The Dark Knight Trilogy. Directed by Christopher Nolan. Of course, my favorite Batman, Christian Bale. How could you not love Christian Bale and his line of movies? You know, that Batman Begins was legendary. The only thing I could kind of do without, maybe, was uh, Katie Holmes. Nothing really terrible about her, but I don't know. I can go either way. Give or take. Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon. Michael Caine as Alfred. 
What a great cast. What a great ensemble. Of course, Liam Neeson, Ken Watanabe, Morgan Freeman, Cillian Murphy as the Scarecrow. Like, just amazing movie. Christopher Nolan is just up there with probably the best directors I've ever seen in my lifetime. You know, want to give big up to Christopher Nolan, but that whole trilogy was amazing. I can't really pick one in the trilogy. I guess if I had to, it might be, you know, the one with the Joker, um, which is The Dark Knight. Heath Ledger just blew it away as the Joker. They say some of his suicide had something to do with his character he was playing and that's how involved he was but I'm sure there was other underlying issues there of course but that Dark Knight one and the way he ripped it as the Joker you know that's huge it's huge it's huge the Dark Knight Rises is the last one Tom Hardy loved him as Bane all amazingly good movies so Dark Knight trilogy Christopher Nolan is the man number 10 for me is going to be Braveheart so Braveheart, Mel Gibson. I remember when I saw Braveheart, it was one of my favorite movies. Still is. I mean, Mel Gibson destroyed it as William Wallace. You know, you got Angus McFadden as Robert the Bruce. Brian Cox was in there. Pat McGuhan. Brendan Gleeson. James Cosmo. William Wallace and the medieval Scottish patriot who spurred into revolt against the English. Really great story. Revenge payback. Of course, you don't like the ending because you're a fan of William Wallace and all that stuff. But one of my favorite movies. Now, I know I said this was going to be top 10 list, but... I got some bonus ones on there that I got to add in, y'all. It would have sounded weird if I called the topic of the day top 15 movies. And believe me, I could go on with top 100 easily. No problem. You guys know I like to talk. But I definitely wanted to throw these extra five in there. So we got the Indiana Jones movies, the Raiders of the Lost Ark one. And, of course, the Temple of Doom when I was a kid. Those were huge. Raiders of the Lost Ark is iconic. It's classic. Harrison Ford at his best. That big, gigantic rock coming after him. Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, and of course you got Temple of Doom, which was like a lot of the special effects and things like that. So really added a nice notch in the whole Indiana Jones saga. Now I know there's a lot of heat going on with the newer movie. I haven't seen it yet, but I heard it's very commercially done and it really doesn't do Harrison Ford and Indiana Jones's character justice. So it kind of turns me off a little to see it. I still do want to see it just to see what it's made of and at least make my own judgment call here. But I'm hearing a lot of bad things and I know it definitely flopped, flopped, flopped at the box office. And let's face it nowadays, y'all, a ticket to the movies is a lot of money. So I'd rather stay home and wait for it to come out on video. It's great to go out and it's great to have a reason to go out. Don't get me wrong. But like movies are expensive is my point. Nowadays, I'm pretty selective about going to see a new movie. Now, you know, I'm hearing a lot of crap about this one. Hopefully it's good. But I'm hearing it's not. And I really think it caused Lucasfilm and Kathleen Kennedy a lot of BS. So we ain't going to get into that right now. Maybe another episode. There's a lot of stuff going on in Lucasfilm. Hopefully they get themselves out of this freaking mess along with Disney. But anyway, let's get into the next one, which is the Terminator. Wanted to mention that one. Terminator 1, of course, with Arnold. Terminator 2, of course, with Arnold. Just really, really good. Linda Hamilton, Michael Bain, Lance Henriksen in that one too. James Cameron made that one too. Just really good, man. Really good movie. Love the premise old school movie but well done you know they, they did a good job on that you know the terminator was definitely on some next level i gotta mention terminator 2 in there i i liked some of the other ones but the second one to me was where it was at terminator 2 edward furlong lindell hamilton robert patrick arnold schwarzenegger so to me it's all about terminator 1 terminator 2 the other ones are good not as good the meat and potatoes of 1 and 2 
that's that's my sweet spot for Terminator. I have to mention Terminator. It was a really, really good one. Of course, Goodfellas, number 13. So Goodfellas, really perfectly well done. Mafioso movie. Ray Liotta was super amazing in that one. And he ends up being on drugs himself. You see how he diminishes and turns into just kind of a druggie. And you see how all of the buddies kind of turn on each other, which is crazy. Just such a well-done film. Martin Scorsese did that one. Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, Ray Liotta, super cast in that one. It's probably the definitive best mafia movie ever made, except for The Godfather. Different vibe, different movie. As far as it relates to mafioso movies, definitely had to mention that one. Love, love, love Goodfellas. Number 14, I want to mention these Avengers movies. I want to mention those because I feel like they were very meticulously well done, awesomely made. Super amazing cast, these Avengers movies. I love the one where the bad guys win. It reminded me of Empire Strikes Back. I think that might be Infinity War and then the Endgame was the next one. I don't know. I get confused. But Robert Downey Jr., Josh Brolin, Scarlett Johansson, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, Tom Holland... Mark Ruffolo, Elizabeth Olsen, Paul Bettany, Benedict Cumberbatch, Anthony Mackie, Tom Hiddleston. <laughs> Jeez, it keeps going. The list keeps going. It's just, it's incredible. Don Cheadle, Chris Pratt, Sebastian Stan, Zoe Saldana, Vin Diesel. This is like a dream cast. Chadwick Bosman, Karen Gillian, Bradley Cooper, Benicio Del Toro, Peter Dinklage, Jeremy Renner. Wow. It just, the list keeps going, guys. So the Russo brothers, Anthony Russo, Joe Russo, not sure what they're up to nowadays, but they really knew how to make a good Marvel movie. Just the way they did the characters. It's just really up there for me. I had to include that one. I couldn't not include that one in there somewhere because of the cast, because of the way it was made. Living true to a real Marvel comic, to me, that's a big deal. And I think they got it right. Nowadays, I'm so not interested in a lot of these Marvel movies, which sounds crazy to even say because I'm a comic book head in my soul at the end of the day. But these comic book movies, are they're watered down and generic, and I'm not interested. I don't know. I don't know why. I can't explain it. But that's when it was at its heyday, and that's when it was awesome, when the Avengers movies came out. So number 15 for me, I have to mention Toy Story, and here's why. A lot of reasons, but it's a great story. It's a family-oriented story. You can watch it with your fam. And for me, it really went above and beyond with making CG from the shitty CG into this real-life CG. And you never really saw humans and toys done this way. Like that video game Steve's, but in a movie, kind of. And for me, it was groundbreaking, game-changing. And they're all great. I love them all, but nothing beats number one, Toy Story 1. And I like the one where they were focusing on the collectors, because I was a collector, and they were making fun of the characters in the box and things like that, so I can relate. I think that was the second or third one, but the one with the old guy in there... They were trying to get all of the Woody's Roundup team in there. That one was cool too. All Toy Story ones are good, but those are the ones that stick out for me. They get into the actual um, Toy Story story. Great voices in there. Of course, you got Tom Hanks, Tim Allen, Don Rickles, Joan Cusack. The director was Josh Cooley, Lee Unkrich, John Lasseter. Production company was Pixar. That's when Walt Disney was cool, man. That's when they were making these great films. I don't know what happened to them, but the Toy Story franchise, to me, that's always a hit. Of course, the Guardians of the Galaxy one is always a hit. Love that one, too. Guardians of the Galaxy, all three of them. That wasn't even on my list, but gosh, I love those. Those are my top ten 
all-time favorite movies. I'm sure you guys have your top 10 or maybe top 20. So list them in the comments, the ones that I missed. I know I missed ones. Hard decisions to make here, y'all. So that's the Toad's Tube topic of the day, talking about the top 10 favorite movies of all time for me. So let's get into the next topic of the day, which is the album to reflect on. Today, what I want to talk about is Company Flow and Fun Crusher Plus. Fun Crusher Plus for me was definitely the underground album. It was actually released in 1997. Really awesome production in there. Made by El Producto, LP, of course. Now, this was when LP was pretty new in the game. And for me, his voice and his flow was unmatched. And, of course, his production was definitely an underground vibe, an underground feel that no other rap group had even come close to. I love every single song in this album. Difficult to pick one track, of course. I'm not going to give you all the track list. I feel like that's just a time killer when I start doing my albums to reflect on. I do want to talk about the one song that I'm going to pick. This album was revolutionary and groundbreaking as it relates to underground hip-hop in 1997. The production was different. Everything was different. Really just a hardcore vibe and a hardcore feel. Not many albums did it the way LP did it. Company Flow does consist of... Big Just, LP, and Mr. Len. Now, as they kept coming out with albums, they got weirder and weirder. At the time, I was like, what are they doing? But now, looking back, that stuff was groundbreaking. And for me, it led the way for different alternative hip-hop and underground hip-hop. They did come out with a few albums after that. LP's first album, which was Fantastic Damage. And then, of course, Mr. Len and Big Just went their separate ways and did other albums and stuff like that. There is one called Cannibal Ox that is pretty similar. And I also love that album, Cold Vein. Really, really good album. But this... This one, for me, just like started it off, Company Flow, Fun Crusher Plus, one of the top albums. So the song that I'm going to pick for listening, 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 action, 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 is going to be Eight Steps to Perfection. On the count of three, y'all ready? One, two, three. Like Rwanda, don't want to fall or get trapped up. Quick the rustle spotlight, baby, you're in, get mopped up. Tags that spray the hall with rap aerosol. Organized graffiti lectures and can't control. Or level with the devil racing up town, first to board Apache. I'm much too much for any demon style to master me. From the throbs, neck brace to the hell's gate. Lyrically detonating, sparking in maybe and bottle rockets into naked chaser. Damn town graffiti to face a heroin debase. Open up the eyes and clean out the nature. Wide open like the Grand Canyon. MCs couldn't hang if they was lynched by the Grand Dragon. Searching for my styles like job core. Coming home or work release, shoplifting at the rat store. But sabotaging me ain't easy. I'm crooked like Nathan Winstorm and Oscar Cheesy. With a big baseball bat, you get ball like De Niro. A sandwich still ain't nothing but a hero. Just a small sample of the abstract. When the rhyme get crazy hot and lyrics don't know how to act. Whether shooting joints or wax. I go all out and attack crabs and herbs, that's crazy whack. We all can't be pimps and we all can't rap. You got to get your dollars on cause it's on like that. Here's what I want you to do, niggas. Those beats, I don't know, it's something about those beats. LP got it, man. He, in his early days and even now, like y'all know LP with Killer Mike, Run the Jewels, y'all know all about that, but I'm talking about early 90s LP, man. Early 90s LP was definitely on some next level. And I'm all about those people that push the envelope and just create. He created a new genre for hip-hop, you know what I mean? So, big up to Company Flow, big up to LP. Love that album, Fun Crusher Plus, Eight Steps to Perfection. 
All right, y'all, so let's get into the next part of the show, which is the, the show, show that, that I'm watching. watching. And the show that I'm watching is The Bear on the Hulu Network. This one is really good. Jeremy Allen White is in that one. He's the dude from Shameless. Lip. I was sold as soon as I found out Lip had his own show. I was like, yes, let's definitely check it out. And I really did like it. Really different. The Bear is an American comedy drama television series created by Christopher Storer and stars Jeremy Allen White as a young award-winning chef who returns to his hometown in Chicago to manage the chaotic kitchen at his deceased brother's sandwich shop. The supporting cast includes Eben Moss Batrak, Ayo Edibiri, Lionel Boyce, Liza Colon Zayas, Abby Elliott, and Maddie Matheson. Now let me tell you, season two is a game changer. I'm not saying season one was bad. It was really good, but there was a lot of times it was like super intense. There's a lot of times where it got super stressful. A lot of the time, I am already stressed out and on edge. So I'm watching a show that is already stressed out and on edge. But the acting had me completely captivated. The way that they were acting and the story, I was really interested. And like, it's great to see what actually happens in a pre-opening of a restaurant and what it all entails and what it all takes. Just different vibe, different story. So I know you guys like to watch those cooking ones where it's the reality shows. But this one actually is a show show. And it has acting in it and it pays homage to a lot of this chef and restaurant genre and it's like really interesting really good acting is superb season two changes the game y'all it is probably the most superb acting i've seen on tv succession of course and the bear like y'all gotta see season two if you haven't seen the bear season two and if you haven't seen the bear you lost so definitely check that one out because toad soup says so so yeah, check that one out, y'all. Show that I'm watching. So after the show that I'm watching, stuff you need to try for your well-being. Now, I may have said this before in my Talk of a Tone Stew podcast. If y'all don't go for regular walks, walks in the park, walks in the nature, y'all should do that. Take a walk. So take a walk, y'all. That is my recommendation for the stuff you need to try for your well-being. Just go take a walk. Go fly a kite. I'm just kidding. But go take a walk, seriously. Preferably in nature. Doesn't matter where y'all are taking this walk. But just exercise and getting your blood pumping and taking a walk. Really good stuff. So, you know, especially as you get older, you know, maybe a little bit later after you eat, you should probably go take a walk. Really nice to take a walk and hear the nature sounds and see the nature stuff. So, you know, preferably in nature to take a walk, y'all. But yeah, take a walk. So that's the stuff you need to try for your well-being. So the next topic of the day is going to be what the heck is on my mind today? What the heck is on my mind today is the writers and the actors being on strike. So I understand that the writers and the actors are really complaining about their residual checks. Now, these residual checks I hear are measly. So, you know, it really all boils down to these CEOs being super ridiculously greedy is what I would say. Because different model needs to be explored because of today's popularity with the streaming services. So I understand actors and writers, they want a bigger piece of the pie. Now, don't get me wrong. I kind of understand both sides because actors do get paid a buttload of money. So they're getting paid to make the movie or make the show. And I get that. But these residual things is what I think the real gripe and the real problem is. Because as far as these big mogul CEO people go that own these big corporations they're just getting richer and richer and that's the part that I guess kind of bothers me and it's like the part that I totally understand where actors and writers are coming from because they should get bigger residuals like some of these lower end actors are just getting these checks for two and three dollars and four dollars out of the residual of people watching the shows that are watched a bunch and bunch of times as it relates to how many times the show's watched I get how actors and writers want to get paid more because 
they want to get that little piece of the pie because entertainment has gone in the direction of streaming. I get it. I understand it. And I'm actually a little scared. I just want entertainment to continue. I want the BS to stop. All these greedy mother... You know what I'm saying? Like, all these greedy mother... Enough, y'all. Like, there's enough money to go around. You're getting all this money, y'all. Just make it about the fans. Like, we want good content. We want to see good shows. We want to see good movies. We like good acting and good writing. Stop with the nonsense, y'all. If actors and writers think that they deserve more, you know, right now everything's at a standstill. Are we going to get new entertainment? I know they're scared about the AI. They're saying that the CEOs of the shows want to just skin the likenesses of these people and own them outright. And it, they're considering it a day's worth of work and that they're only going to pay the actor for one day's worth of work for their likeness. That's so stupid. You're literally stealing their identity. So they should be getting paid residuals for that, y'all. So that makes no sense to me. I hope that it's resolved. I want entertainment to continue, obviously. I'm a big fan of entertainment, big fan of movies and shows and stuff. So I think everyone should just stop and take a step back and recognize that the art form is the actors and writers, y'all. Y'all CEOs would not be anywhere without these people. So instead of stuffing your fat pockets and making them fatter and fatter or your fat mouths and making them fatter and fatter, share a piece of that pie. And even these streaming services are starting to go up. It's like really concerning to me. Like something's got to give here, y'all. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's insane. So it's a little scary with the AI, you know, because... People are going to be out of jobs, and that's just weird in itself. I guess it's just like the McDonald's running it itself with just computers and robots dropping off hamburgers on a conveyor belt that eventually gets to you at some point. It's crazy what we're getting into, y'all. Speaking of Terminator, the real thing is happening. According to Elon Musk, he says that AI could eventually take over. And I know he's a super smart, ridiculously smart dude. So, you know, I hope that doesn't happen because that would be not cool. You know what I mean? Like the end of the human race as we know it. Just like the freaking movies. Anyway, that's, that's what's, what's on my mind today. today. So after what the heck is on my mind today, let's talk about the, the original song by Cybertone. So we've reached the part of the show where we're going to do the original song by Cybertone off the album What Happened to the Rapping. We are getting pretty close to a close as far as it goes to What Happened to the Rapping. I'm pretty sure there's only like two or three more songs left. This one is Discrimination. So I'm going to talk basically about discrimination. My boy Charlie and me, you know, we kind of been through our fair share. Even though I am actually a white dude, you know, I know that's kind of weird or whatever. But like I remember when I first moved to Smithtown, I just didn't look like your average Joe. As it relates to the people that lived there, which was quite a long time ago. When I moved there, it was more like um, Beverly Hills 90210. And I guess I looked like I was a Spanish dude. I had big jeans and stuff like that. So long story short, a lot of people there thought I was some kind of thug, including some of the law enforcement. Put it this way, I've definitely had my fair share of being discriminated against. Wanted to elaborate a little bit on that. Just about the topic in general. It's definitely something that didn't want to ignore. And we felt like it was something that we needed to talk about in our album. It's a great song and it's a meaningful song. Let's get into it, y'all. Discrimination by Chartone from the album What Happened to the Rapping. On the count of three. Ready, y'all? One, two, three. This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It was founded on the principle that all men are created equal and that the rights of every man are diminished when the rights of one man are threatened. Today we are committed to a worldwide struggle to promote and protect the rights of all who wish to be free. We 
That's a deep topic back in 2000 when we came out with the album. No matter how long the time goes and stuff like that, there's always going to be some of that stuff out there. We're all human, y'all. I mean, I love everybody. If your skin color's purple, don't matter to me. You know, I'm just a people person, and I'm only going to go against people that go against me, and that's if you mess with me. You know what I mean? Otherwise, keep it moving, and I love all people. But anyway, thought it was an important topic, discrimination. You know what I'm saying? So that's the song from Chartone, Sabaton, What Happened to the Rapping that I picked for episode 10 of Talking With Tones 2. So we thank you for watching or listening to Talking With Tones 2, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. Don't forget, y'all, if you want to check us out while you're driving to work, you can. We are streaming on all platforms. And don't forget to click like. Don't forget to click subscribe. And also, don't forget that bell notification so you don't miss any of my vids. So, it goes a long way for the channel, y'all. We really appreciate that one. Thank you for watching Talking With Tones Tube, where we discuss regular topics for regular people. See you next time, guys.
talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking with tones too. We're talking, 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 talking with tones too.